It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by the co-host of the podcast Forever 35 and author. She's got a new book out called Thanks for Waiting, Dori Shafrir. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. So you have a new book. It's called Thanks for Waiting. And it is about, um, you know, the the joy and weirdness of being a late bloomer, which I don't know, is really speaking to me at at 39 as I'm contemplating possibly having kids and, you know, settling down. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I think I wrote my book for for people like you. It's maybe time. It's maybe time. Who knew the pandemic was going to happen, but I feel very validated in my life choices as I have mm-hmm. no toddlers oh, at this moment. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the point, right? Like we should all feel validated in our life choices. Oh, how nice. Exactly. How novel. Even if you do have a toddler. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm, see, I'm not any parents out there. I'm not saying I did. She's it not anti-toddler for me, <clears throat> for me personally. I know that my choices were the right ones for me because I don't have a toddler or a child right now in this moment. Exactly. Exactly. So why is it that women get like, why does, why did these expectations, these certain times that we're supposed to hit milestones, why does that seem to fall more on us than men? Or is it just because we get, we get the short end of, of every stick? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that's part of it, right? I mean, it all comes back to the patriarchy. Um, yeah. but I think there's a couple things going on. I think one there, you know, there is this kind of very real quote unquote biological clock thing that happens. We just cannot have, we cannot procreate in the same way that men can. So that, that kind of happens to us. However, there are also all these other factors that come into play. I think that, you know, I didn't really come to terms with till I was in my late, 30s and starting to think about this stuff. Um, and I think part of that is because we are expected to do things on this timeline in a way that men just aren't. One of the things I think, I mean, obviously that some of that is science, but also I feel like some of that is actually just the patriarchy because there actually was no, yeah. okay, I know back in the day we only lived to be like 30 or whatever. So you know like when when you're supposed to quote unquote have mm-hmm. kids in a family that has changed throughout time as you know the it's life expectancy longer, changes right? life mm-hmm. expectancy is mm-hmm. the phrase i was thinking of <laughs> trying to think of mm-hmm. um but it feels to me still like some of it is based on science because like they have the weird word for like if i were to get pregnant today i'm like a geriatric millennial geriatric. and I'm having a geriatric yeah. pregnancy yeah. and I'm like wait I'm yeah. not even 40 what is this right um, right so so it feels like the the time whatever time was in the like you should do it by this time that's changed but I also feel like there's mm-hmm. something else happening which is this sort of vision I don't know what if it's social media or what but like I don't know I have a vision where like it'd be kind of dope to just like be in a nice house with my best friends 
and our pets mm-hmm. um, and have a pool. And like that sounds dope as opposed to like whatever expectations everybody else has. How, how did I get to that point? What, what happened well, to me that I, I am so <laughs> different than previous generations of women? Well, I, I don't think you're alone in this. And I think this is very threatening to the patriarchy, right? Because your vision of what your content life looks like does not seem to include men, right? So that is very threatening. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a reason why the patriarchy might not want you to have that vision of your life come true, um, and, you know, I think we're in a really interesting inflection point right now where women, young women have more reproductive choices in the sense of they're able to freeze their eggs. They're able to have children without a male partner. Um, and so that is very destabilizing to more traditional kind of points of view um, when it comes to this stuff. So there's a reason why, you know, the the patriarchy does not want these things to happen. I love the patriarchy is really man. invested in us hitting these milestones at a certain point, yeah. and 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 more yeah. more they're invested in us spending our time trying to do that. They're invested mm-hmm. in us not asking these. So what if my life doesn't look like the trajectory I thought it yep. was going to? Question. Yep, Down that exactly. road lies danger. <laughs> we, we we might yeah, not do the things that they need us to do. <laughs> Right. It completely destabilizes everything that that they want. So, you know, there's a reason that they, like you said, they are invested in keeping us kind of worried about this timeline. Um, And then when when women start to say, well, wait a second, maybe this isn't what I want or maybe I don't want to do this on this timeline. You know, then what happens? I mean, talk about how it works at work. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Because like, okay. like I get I get the timeline with fertility, but why why yeah. does that sort of why does that translate to work? Why do why do we feel like we need to be in this kind of job by 25 and in this kind of job by 30? Like, why does that pressure follow us into a space that is ostensibly not at all about our biological clock? Well, I personally feel that this is because we don't see women in their 40s, 50s, 60s in the workplace in the same way that we see men. I mean, I remember I was in a very senior position at BuzzFeed in my mid-30s, and I would sit in these managers' meetings. I was the only woman Mm. at BuzzFeed, which was like... (laughs) So that wasn't in the olden days. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a young company... And I'm sitting with all men and I'm just like, wait, where, where are the women? Like literally, where are they? Um, And that started to change after I'd been there a little while, but that was definitely not the initial impulse. And and everywhere else I worked, everyone in very senior positions, like maybe there was one woman. Like at some point we as younger women Yeah, it it feels like we miss the stories of any woman who's over 40 and that's in the workplace and workplace. in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like we you know, like I yeah. feel like we're just getting to the point where I'm starting to see 
interesting content that features a woman who is over 35 like on yes. netflix and like that's new yes yes which is like crazy and you know we're in 2021 and and it's like oh this is this is new because you know there just haven't been women who have been invested in in creating that kind of content because Do we think that that does does having do we have a chance of getting off of the 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 rat race wheel? Like, do we have a chance of getting off of that if we if we start valuing women at different ages? Like, is that the secret key? I think it is. I mean, and I think, you know, I think historically it's been really hard. It's been really hard for women in previous generations who have gotten to that point. You know, they've had to, like, scrape and fight to get into those roles. And I think now there's starting to be more women who are able to kind of band together. Um, but historically it's been really tough. And, you know, I want to acknowledge that. Like it's, I think it's easy for younger people to be like, well, why, why was it like that? Why didn't women just change it? And it's like, that system was really hard to change. Um, and we're starting to see it change, which is, exciting um and you know that's one of the things that we try to do on forever 35 is have hosts have guests on who are of different ages and have different experiences but like it, it's it's a challenge mm -hmm. you you write about one thing that happens which is that like when women are given positions of authority at work it is often in a a mess cleanup role which which we mm -hmm. see play out over and over again like a company is failing until they get their first yep. woman ceo and you're like yep. okay great i'm very glad that you have yeah. your first woman ceo but this company is probably going to fail and she is probably going to get blamed for it and we can all see that happening <laughs> is that a trap that yeah. more women get caught in that i realize yeah, I mean, I think it's not, it's not what they call the glass cliff. Like, instead of the glass ceiling, it's like, you you know, you get put in that position, but, like, you're basically set up to fail. Um, and so, you know, I think women are really kind of between a rock and a hard place when it comes to those kinds of things. Like, how do you turn down that big job, but you are kind of stepping into a trap? Yeah. One of the things I also think a lot about is the fact that um, we just have more options when we sort of mm -hmm. let go of these expectations that have been laid out by generations of people that we don't, we're not, we're not even alive at the same time as the person that came up with these rules. And so yeah. like, I refuse to follow them. So one of the things I did, the um, maybe I don't think it was last year because that was the pandemic year. So probably leading into 2020, um, at the end of 2019, I sort of did a like, I'm just going to make a long list of all the things I want to do and where I want to travel and things mm -hmm. that seem interesting, like a bucket list, but like broader. Um, mm -hmm. And when I realized, so I sort of Googled it. I was like, what are other people putting on their lists <laughs> um, <laughs> for, for stuff? So just to get some ideas. And what I realized is that everyone's list, especially if it was women around my age, had children, marriage, home, mm. by how, you know, that, and I, mm -hmm. so I was like, wow, when I remove those things from like, even a thought that I might put them on the list, like yeah. they weren't on the list. I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna, I can't control that. So I, I'm just gonna put it yeah. over there. And I'm make my list of things that I can control, like places I can fly to. 
that was before the pandemic, of course. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I was like, I only, I got up to like number like 31. And then I was like, I don't have any more ideas. I'm out. Of, and I was I realized that when I could sort of open up that other part of my brain that like, you know, hasn't been conditioned by the patriarchy, like the possibilities mm-hmm. were literally endless. Like I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is so much more exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I just take away yeah. off the table this thing that I don't actually know that I want, that everybody, I mean, right. Jess and I, both of us, I mean, we're, we're in different circumstances, but I would objectively say we're both fairly successful people. Um, yeah. And I still get asked, the second question is like, so are you dating anyone? Like, first of all, I'm not going to tell you you're a stranger. Mm-hmm. Two, who cares? If I if I am or yeah. if I'm not, my yeah. life is awesome. Like, regard, like yeah. it's actually very good right now. And it's been bad when I was dating and living with people. Like, I was, like, in yeah. very committed situations yeah. and I wasn't happy. So can you speak to this idea that, like, liberating yourself from the expectation is actually a part of the struggle? Like, you have totally. to, like, sort of consciously do that in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was something that I really struggled with. Like, is this thing something that I actually want or something that I feel like I should want and like how do you separate the two that is something that is really hard and I had to have a lot of really kind of intense self-reflection over that and thinking about like what is the vision of my life that I want to have but then also thinking about visions of my life that I thought I didn't want to have, if that makes sense. So like mm-hmm. when I was thinking, oh gosh, I'm single and, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get married and I'm so sad about this. And then I envisioned my life as a single person and I kind of, I kind of did what you did and, you know, thought about what are all the things that I want to do? What are all the things that I could do? How, what would my life look like? And I was like, oh, my life? as a single person sounds amazing. (laughs) This would be fine. Like this would be great. Um, And I allowed myself to, to kind of free myself from those shoulds or, you know, expectations that I had put on myself for various reasons. Um, So I think that that's a good exercise for anyone to do. Um, also, there was a great book that came out a few years ago by a woman named Glynis McNichol called No One Tells yes. You This about, yeah, so, so good. probably no Glynis, um, yeah, which is like such an amazing book. And she talks about this exact stuff um, and, you know, being a single woman in her 40s and basically like how great her life is, but how no one can really believe it. Like everyone's kind of like, but wait, you like you really <laughs> want to get married, right? And she's kind of like, no, I don't. Like my life is awesome. Um, and but going against those ingrained expectations is is really tough. But I I want to talk a little bit in the final minutes that we have about friendships because I feel yeah. like that was another that was another lie that I got told that like you're gonna make all your friends in school and it's really mm-hmm. hard to make friends as an adult and. I have simply not found that to be the case. And some of the richest Mm -hmm. friendships that I have are with women that I made, I don't know, over the last 10 years. So what, uh, what, what can we, what can we do on the friendship front to sort of readjust our thinking about how important those relationships can be and like whether or not we're going to have the time and space to cultivate them. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to also cite another book um, by someone else um, that came out last year and Friedman and Me Not Too So's Big Friendship 
book yes. talked a lot about this. Um, and that's such an amazing book. And I think speaks to this question really well of like, yes, as adults, we can cultivate these really amazing friendships and friends can be our chosen family. Um, and I think where for women, it does get, it does get tricky is when women start having kids, it becomes really hard because of all the emotional labor and actual labor that women have to do when they have kids. And I think a lot of female friendships um, do get complicated at that point. And I know I've spoken to a lot of women who don't have kids who feel very abandoned by their friends who have kids. And I think that that is, that's, that's a really hard kind of cleaving that happens. But the, the idea that we can't make friendships as, as adults is like totally wrong. Um, I personally have made really my, some of my best friendships have come in my thirties and now in my forties. So um, I, you know, I, I don't think that is true at all. It's all just a lot more possible than we were told. <laughs> like I feel like that yes. is, that's sort of the lesson. Like there's just a lot more possibilities than the ones that got laid out for us as kids, as young women. It do, does the does the next generation understand better that they're not as limited? Like, do they get it, or do they have to learn also? I, I don't know, honestly. Like, I think right now they think they get it, just like I thought I got it when you know when I was. 19 or 22 I didn't I didn't understand um the way that I I obviously didn't understand the way that I would feel when I was 35 or 40 um but I'm hopeful that by the time they are 35 and 40 that like yes things will have changed and I think part of that is something that we talked about earlier about kind of seeing older women in those roles that you want to see yourself I think there will be more roles for them. I'm hopeful that there will be. Um, You know, we just didn't have anything modeled for us. Like, I didn't see cool, confident, single women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s when I was in my 20s and 30s. Like, I just, they weren't in popular culture. If they were, they were kind of, you know, portrayed as like sad and lonely, which is like, as we know, not the case. So, you know, I'm hopeful that we will start to see those representations more in real life and also in popular culture and that the generation after us will not feel these expectations in the same way that we have. I love it. And it sounds like people should be reading. Thanks for waiting. So thank you for writing this book about, I think, something that we've all been experiencing, but very few people name. So Dori Shifrir, thanks for reading. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Absolutely. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening. 